Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Gary Baracco, who's Director of Global Product Marketing at Amber Road. And today we're going to talk about digitization. Where can you find value? Now, there's a lot of discussion and talk these days about, you know, digitizing the supply chain or the digital supply chain and, um, you know, what, what it means and, you know, why is it important? Uh, but ultimately, you know, you, you end up with the same question, which is, you know, where's the value, right? Where can you companies find value in, in digitization? Uh, you know, what's the business case for it? Um, and, and that's really going to be the, the focus of today's conversation. And uh, it's great to have Gary on the program to share his insights and advice on this topic. Uh, Gary, welcome to the program. Great to be here and to meet your listeners. So, so Gary, you're a first-time guest here on Talking Logistics. I know we've had, uh, you know, some of your colleagues on before, but, you know, just like I always like to do whenever I bring someone new onto the program, I'm always interested, you know, how and why they got involved with supply chain logistics to begin with. So why don't you briefly tell us a little bit about your career path, you know, how and why you got involved with supply chain and, you know, what your current role and responsibilities are, are there at Amber Road? For sure, Adrian. And, and I don't know, there probably was no predestiny for me to move into global trade and, and supply chain, but I love it because every day there's something new. And, uh, and in today's environment, there's something new almost every minute. Uh, well, in 2000, I, I actually left military service after 20 years in the United States Army. I started working for a company supporting IBM's Rational, which is a software testing tool as their marketing director and my first civilian experience outside of marketing for the United States Army. Five years later, I began working for a company called EC Vision, and it's a supply chain collaboration software company. Uh, and I led the sales and marketing initiative when we grew that company. Um, at EC Vision, our platform supported all aspects of sourcing and product development that occurs before the shipment of goods. And three years ago, Amber Road wholly acquired EC Vision, and the solutions now comprise the deepest and broadest global trade management solution, Amber Road. You know, it's interesting. You know, a lot of folks that um, uh, are in the supply chain logistics field, you know, have a, a, a background in, in the military, you know, and obviously, you know, you, I think you can make the strong argument that, you know, the military has one of the strongest and most, you know, uh, 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 impressive uh, disciplines in supply chain management when you think about everything that, that goes on there. So I, I know, you know, these days a lot of companies look for people with, with that kind of background because they, you know, it, it's probably, you know, everything that's going on in retail, everything that's going on in manufacturing, everything else, in some ways they, they compare, you know, their uh, uh, can't hold the candle to the type of logistics challenges that the military has to, you know, is faced with. And there's two sayings that come out of that. An army rides on its stomach. Right. And and so, you know, if, if we, we don't have fed soldiers, then they're not going to fight. Right. And, and it's always about moving bullets and beans. Right. So um, I guess uh, the old time, the army rode on beans and they they fired their bullets. So bullets and beans. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well great, great career path there. And, and certainly now you're in the front lines of, of everything that's happening here in, in the supply chain world and and with yep. digitization. So so let's let's kind of dive into this now. And. Uh, you know, again, like I said, you know, when we talk about, you know, digitizing the supply chain, uh, you know, the conversation often leads to, you know, where's the value and, and it also often leads to, you know, achieving end-to-end -end supply chain visibility. I mean, that's kind of the, one of the core, you know, areas that a lot of folk, companies focus on, which really has been an elusive goal for, for companies for, for a long time. 
Um, you know, is digitization a prerequisite to truly achieving end-to-end -end supply chain visibility? And kind of what's, what's different today compared to, let's say, five or 10 years ago? You know, I, I, supply chain visibility is a term that's been thrown around for years, and and I think it's changing as as the times are, uh, as technology evolves. But you know, a decade ago, supply chain visibility was was truly only available, let's say, at the container or the shipment level, and that was acceptable. But today, visibility encompasses a more complete view of, of an international supply chain. And, and I have to think that almost every supply chain is international. Because even if you're manufacturing uh, within a regional setting, your raw materials might be coming from an international supplier. So every piece of the supply chain truly is, is international. There might be a few that aren't. But when we talk about visibility, we're looking for full control tower visibility. And, and this gives insight into each step of the product lifecycle, right? And, and visibility, you say, is digitization a prerequisite? Well, when we're gaining visibility through a digitized supply chain, what we're doing is bringing together the, the design and sourcing side, right, that side that I came from, and the manufacturing production side, compliance, trade compliance, and shipping functions, all into this one central location, one platform. This then enhances communication both internally, externally, and, and takes the guesswork out of global trade management. Uh, and it provides what we've always called and so many other companies call one version of the truth, right? Or the whole truth now. And that's including all the departments, all your stakeholders and, and all of your external partners. And so everyone can benefit from that communication. So with that said, technology solutions have come a long way in, in the past decade, let's say. And companies that, that seek to really stay on the forefront are, are embracing software and, and, and its changes. And it gives them the edge over the competition. So companies that are not digitizing or not looking future to say, well, what comes next are really going to be archaic dinosaurs. In today's global supply chains, you need complete end-to-end -end visibility. And it's really often thought of as the holy grail. Now, I even get in discussions with my own team and saying, well, what's end to end? It needs to include payment processing or not, right? But it's from the conception and design, the commercialization of a product, bringing that into a factory, then packaging and, and preparing the shipment, shipping the goods, importing and exporting, crossing borders, and possibly looking at the opportunity to use uh, duty savings programs. This is an end-to-end -end supply chain. So that might be the holy grail. And, and that's the question, Adrian. Do we need to uh, first understand that there are many definitions of supply chain visibility? Let's just accept that, right? There's levels of visibility. How broad, how deep do you go? Tracking a container from origin to destination is supply chain visibility. Sure, that's one definition. It's a limited definition. So what value does that provide, right? Do, do I know what's in that container? And in today's consumer-friendly environment where the consumer has to know everything about their order, and the consumer could also be a, a larger customer, a retailer, for example, but do I know what's in that container? 
um, who owns those contents, right? Who are they, who's the end destination? What import regulations apply to that container? Maybe even different import regulations for each of the cartons within that. <clears throat> and what purchase order kind of correlates to each of those boxes within that container? So if we're talking about container level visibility, we need to actually go inside that container and dig deeper. So when I talk about true supply chain visibility, it's, it's much more than that. It, it, again, it begins at the product concept, it extends to the receipt of the payment. It requires more comprehensive digital technology that looks at company-wide transparency. So to put it simply, it's the disruption of information silos that exist today. They're, in, they're historically inherent in our supply chains and it's not solely tracking that container. It's the correlation of, of more digitized data of what's in that container and presenting that information in that consolidated platform to all of the different parties. And that enables true visibility. And honestly, it doesn't end there, but I'll finish that sentence. <laughs> Uh, so when you talked about, you know, you talked a lot about, um, you know, the end-to-end -end visibility piece. I think that's, that's something that's changing, certainly, in terms of really broadening the definition of what end-to-end, -end, uh, you know, means. You talked about control tower. That's another topic that's, you know, gets, gets tossed a lot, uh, around a lot. Um, but, but I think, you know, the, the, you know, when I look at that, it's really companies are looking for, um, you know, that, that one platform where they can see the different aspects of that end-to-end -end process, however, however they look at it, you know, which could include, you know, everything from kind of the sourcing side to the manufacturing through to, you know, shipping and customs compliance and, and so forth. But really having that, um, you know, that data, that information, you know, at their fingertips and, and correlate it so that they can make, you know, smarter, uh, smarter decisions faster. And I think, you know, when I think about digitization from the context of, of visibility, it's the fact that historically there's there because companies now need to uh, make those smarter decisions faster. They can't get away anymore with, you know, waiting on faxes to come in, right. Or emails to come in and then someone, you know, to have to type that information. And in. it's really now, you know, uh, looking for ways to adopt newer technologies so that it, that information that they have, whether it's internally or from external training partners, how do you get that information into this platform as quickly as possible? Uh, in, in as complete and as accurate as possible so that they can make those decisions, right? It's all about data, right? And, and more and more, we're, we're starting to talk more about that, that compression of data. How do we, I need to digitize it first. I need to compress it um, because we want more data. We want more reports. We want more visibility. We want to go deeper and broader, like I mentioned before. But data takes a lot of memory up, right? So how can I then jam a lot of data into a pipe that's only this big? So I need to either parse that data out and only present to you the data that you need to make business decisions, or I need to scrunch that data down, right? And so that's what we're doing with newer technologies. Um, you know, we're, we're taking more and more data. That's a requirement in order to, to be as fast as we are in our supply chains now. So that digitization, you asked, is it a requirement to digitize? Yes, it's a requirement to digitize. We cannot push that much data through. If it's manual data, if it's hard copy data, if it's not soft and digital, we can't move it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you may want to just move your camera just slightly down a little bit more just so we can get more of your 
a little bit more than that. I don't know if you can do that. If, there you go. Perfect. Um, so so let's, let's talk about one of those dimensions of, of, of visibility, which I think uh, often gets overlooked, and that is the financial dimension of, of supply chain visibility, especially having a true understanding of costs, such as you know, cost to serve and, and total landed costs. I mean, how is technology helping companies in that area? Well, you know, almost every business decision comes down to that bottom line, right? What is the cost? What will it save? And, and often we haven't approached chief financial officers when we're off out to sell software. And that's changed in the last few years. We realize that as a software provider, we need to talk to that chief financial officer because they're the ones that have the checkbook and they know what's in the savings account. How much are we making? What's our income and loss? And so every business decision uh, relates to cost. And we, we have to admit that. And what's the true return on investment, right? So for global supply chains, the formula to, to really define cost is so complex. And we add more complexity to that, to complexity to that equation every day as tariffs change, as duties shift, as we look at rising transportation costs, right? All of these, in the, these in, uh, unavoidable issues that we can't control feed into that equation. So there's a myriad of factors and considerations and some of them are unpredictable. So we need to prepare for the unpredictable, right? And we need to, to make sure our, if something does happen that feeds into that cost equation, how can my supply chain react? And that's not just through agility and, and those, those techniques, but also having, you know, good content, right? Where do I, when do I know that something happened? There's a change, right? How do I know of a price increase or a duty shift, uh, tariff change? So uh, good supply chain management, global trade supply chain management needs to be keyed into all of those factors all of the time. That's difficult. We can't do that on our own. We need technology solutions to, and automation to kind of fill that gap for us. Right, right. And I think that, that's one of the, again, those data elements that has to come through, right, is, is the right. cost, uh, whether it's transportation costs, as you said, inventory holding costs, uh, duties and taxes. I mean, there's a lot of conversation today, right, with tariffs and what's, what impact that's going to have. Obviously, that's going to you know, change the cost equation you know, for many companies out there. So, you know, really having you know, capturing what those cost elements are and being able to put it in the right context, uh, as you said, because ultimately, if you're making decisions uh, without truly understanding the financial impact of it, then you, you could be, uh, you know, doing more harm than good at the end of the day in terms of what you're trying to accomplish. We're going to kick off a survey um, next month, and we're going to survey our database and, uh, of supply chain global trade folks. And maybe I'll come back in a couple months when we get the results of that survey. Because what we're asking is we're asking folks to, to, to give us information about what are those obstacles that are causing these, these issues with their supply chain? What are those challenges? Uh, when I'm importing goods, what happens, right? Um, and, but we're asking them what's costing them money, right? So what leads to an additional cost that you didn't predict in your supply chain? 
Uh, was it a delay? Um, was it some sort of issue at the factory? Um, was there a shortage in my raw material? And so therefore I had to hold up production or, and then I maybe had to air goods instead of ocean ship, right? Um, and so we're gonna be conducting a survey uh, next month, uh, probably open it for a few weeks. So maybe I'll come back and we'll have another point of discussion to talk more about cost, right? What are the cost factors that are causing us headaches? No, that'd be great. Yeah, certainly look forward to seeing the results of, of that survey. I think that we could, we could have a great conversation around, you know, what insights come out of that. Um, you know, kind of, you know, changing gears a little bit, but another kind of dimension or where, where you can find value or define a business case around, you know, digitization is around, you know, risk management, right? So it's no surprise that supply chains continue to get, you know, more complex, you know, especially as it relates to, you know, as they become more global and distributed. And, and obviously complexity implies, you know, greater risk. Um, so, so in what ways does digitization help companies, you know, better manage supply chain risks? You know, well, a few years ago, maybe like nine, 10 years ago, I, I don't know, time flies when you're having fun in supply chain. Um, I talked about how, you know, we made this global shift um, to what we called offshoring. Remember when we used those, that term, right? And, uh, you know, oh, we're, we're going to move our production offshore. Um, and, and that was the big trend when really we've made these shifts from uh, here in the U.S. producing locally um, and, and then maybe moving to Mexico and then we moved to Japan and China. Maybe when we were kids, everything was made in Japan or HO in Mexico, right? Um, and we've made, now made that shift where everything has moved to a global supply chain. And that just makes your supply chain more complicated inherently. Uh, but over the past few years, we're seeing more complications that are occurring. As we see walls going up left and right, we see Brexit occurring, and, and that's going to now possibly create a new border. We see globalization and protectionism. I use those terms interchangeably. One might be a positive view, one a negative, right? So we're globalizing or we're protecting. Um, but all of this adds a layer of risk. Um, companies are trying to be more creative in their sourcing strategies. They, they want to qualify for trade preference. And so then that maybe broadens the footprint of their supply chain. They want to expand into new markets. I know that, you know, when uh, AGOA, the African Growth Opportunity Act came through, a lot of uh, manufacturers said, hey, let's move to Africa and let's start production in Africa. It'd take us five or six years to get up, but there's great opportunities. But what's the risk then when we move our supply chains to Africa? Do they have the infrastructure for factories? Do they have the, the ports that I can actually dock big ships at? All of this are uh, layers into our supply chain and, and how we need to be uh, managing risk or mitigating risk. More and potentially new borders become crossed, uh, both inbound, outbound with our raw materials. Where am I going to get the raw materials to feed into my production facility? And then we've got this increase in government regulation. Um, the populist, the protectionist measures are all becoming an additional factor. And as we shift from those traditional trade lanes, you know, those sea and air routings and multi-country consolidation and deconsolidation, we need to bring in additional service and, and maybe new service providers. And all of these then become touch points for our supply chain. Um, new relations have to be established. Uh, you know, service level agreements need to be put in place. Um, and, and true strategic partners need to be formed. 
that becomes part of an already complex process. And, and this leads to the need for improved risk management strategies and tools. Uh, you can't do it without the tools. So a critical factor in your supply chain is risk mitigation. And that's the ability to identify potential impacts from unplanned events and then automate a response to that issue. What happens if, uh, what if, what if a wall goes up tomorrow? Um, so the best way to do that is, you know, uh, looking at maybe speed to market being important to your business, right? So I need to ensure my goods start production on time. I need to then make sure that they exit the factory uh, as scheduled and the shipments picked up. And this means then the cargo should be on the scheduled ocean carrier that I planned, right, for that sailing date. But one, one issue, one hiccup could lead to a delay. And that interruption then might cause a lack of information at the time of export, which could have been alleviated if you have automation tools. These tools like, like Amber Rose Global Trade Management System, they, they mitigate risk by facilitating better communication. Uh, they provide that visibility that we talked earlier on and, and an efficient means to kind of ensure that things are going. When, when I talk about that control tower visibility, I often envision the old style NASA, right? And when you always saw the, the rocket launches, you saw this massive room filled with people and these computer systems and their screens going and we're kind of tracking things moving. Um, and this is, I'd love to see, you know, a big supply, big company supply chain kind of looking like that um, and, and seeing what's happening, almost like the airport control tower, right? I can watch these dots moving and this one's turning red. That means that there's risk. So a digital platform by digitizing the information feeds all of this data and it needs to let me know when something's going wrong because I can't track everything that's going right. There's just too much to track. So I need to be alerted to what's going on and, and then track and trace while my goods are in transit and moving through all of the supply chain. You know, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, I think, you know, exception management is certainly, you know, the, the, a key objective here because, you know, especially the more global you are, the more complex the supply chain is, you can't possibly be able to track everything, particularly that makes no sense to track everything that's already going according to plan or it's going on schedule. So you really have to focus in on those areas that's going to have a potential, you know, they can potentially disrupt, um, you, you know, your, your plans and, and can have a financial impact or a customer service, you know, impact. Um, so, so I think one of the things you said here was, you, you know, part of the objective is really trying to be as proactive as possible to mitigate, you know, some of these risks yeah. or, or even prevent them, you know, from happening to begin with, because if you've got more forward visibility and you've got more complete and, and accurate data that's coming in, now you're able to take more, you're able to take corrective actions uh, sooner rather than later and, you know, potentially avoid, you know, uh, uh, an issue that, you know, down the road. And I think, you know, I think it's interesting how, you know, these three things ultimately, you know, tie together, you know, the visibility, uh, you know, aspect, you know, understanding the financial impact and the financial costs. And then obviously now here with, with risk management, because, you know, a lot of the ways that companies today uh, manage risk is by adding inventory to their supply chain, right? So inventory is that buffer, right? And right. A, a lot of, you know, if you put a dollar figure on that inventory that is basically there uh, as, as insurance, as a, as a risk mitigation, um, it's, it's a substantial number 
And if you can replace inventory, you know, this is something that's been talked about for a long time, but if you can replace inventory with, you know, insights and information so that you can take, you know, make smarter decisions faster and take corrective action. I mean, that's a huge financial, uh, you know, benefits to, to companies out there, right? But, but it means that we need to change, right? And we talk about the digital transformation, right? And transformation is such a scary word. But, you know, we can't continue. As I said early on, we can't continue to do business as usual in today's environment or to prepare for the future. And, and that's just not easy for every organization to do. It requires investment and process change, and it upsets people, um, people that might have been in place doing, I, I've done fine for years. Why do I need to do it a different way? But what we're, you know, it leads back to that data, and I brought that point, that a data-driven world enables delivering an end-to-end, on-time, reduced-risk experience. And if your siloed systems are still in place, then you can't share that data properly across the entire network. So as companies look to digitization, one of the biggest benefits is, is agility, right? We talked about these unplanned issues. So in order to assist with that hiccup, that unplanned obstacle that comes in the way, I need to be agile enough to dodge and ditch around it. And so that's a big part of the visibility, the management by exception level visibility, um, having that complete view, but then knowing what's my alternative, right? If I don't know what my, what's on either side, I don't know which way to dodge. Okay, so you need to have agility layered in there along with that. Yeah, yeah, you touched upon agility. That was going to be kind of related to my, you know, next question because I think that's another area that we, we, there's a lot of discussion around about the importance of of, of agility. Um, you know, so how specifically can companies become more more agile? And kind of what have been some of the barriers? Is it is it just that this kind of siloed perspective and siloed approach that companies have taken historically? Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> There's so much other change that's going on in business, right? That I, I think that, you know, we're, we're looking at, oh, I've got to make this, uh, this product in a shorter product life cycle. I've got to be faster and speed to market. I need to make sure that the quality is the most or I'm going to get, you know, bad uh, stars on, on my website. Um, I need to deliver quickly also. Um, and, and that might change, right? Uh, demand, consumer demand really drives the supply chain. I've said that for the last couple of years. But these are now becoming the norm and companies are, are able to then react to this. Um, but the concept of agility has to be kind of ingrained into um, the way they operate. It's emerged as, as a competitive vehicle for organizations that are operating in this uncertain and under, ever-changing business environment. Uh, the best way to be more agile is to, once again, have digital information and digital data. Uh, eliminating those islands of automation that are kind of present in supply chain today, you know, it's what we've known, it's the way we've built supply chain operations and systems is, well, here's logistics, here's sourcing, production, everybody kind of does their own thing and it all comes together. But we need to break the, down those silos, separate. I mean, you could still have your silos of system, but that data needs to come back together into one single platform that shares across the entire network. So if you want agility, it really demands the freedom of, of making changes and process improvements that come with that changes. 
from purchase order to proof of delivery, suppliers, logistics providers, everybody. Um, and practically speaking, the, you know, the type of platform that we offer uh, has agility on multiple levels, right? Um, how can, you know, what are the different scenarios that I'm going to run into, right? Anything from, you know, this trade agreement turbulence that we're seeing today, um, acquisitions, seeing lots of M&A moving back and forth. Um, we've got concerns with our third-party network, right? Our, our uh, logistics provider networks, right, that are happening. Um, you know, capacity shortages on both ocean, truck, and rail. Um, you know, the consolidation of, of ocean carriers that we saw a couple of years ago. Um, and then any new regulations that come in and all of these duty and tariff changes, they kind of all um, are monkey wrenches that we're throwing into a well-run supply chain. And then let's talk about hurricane season last year, right? And what we're looking at, you know, I watched Weather Channel last night to see, well, what's hurricane season 2018 going to look like? Because these weather-related events um, really disrupt supply chains on top of political and all type of uh, issues. So uh, the bottom line is agility becomes a desirable trait in your supply chain. And um, every other feature, we talked to one customer and we said, hey, which feature is important? Um, and she said, agility is the most important because uh, with agility, you can respond to anything else that happens. You can't lower the risk. We talked about lower risk. We talked about reducing costs. We talked about the response to ebb and flow of, of uh, demand. None of that can happen unless I'm agile enough to dodge, right? So, um, so supply chains need a good yoga class, right? So that they can become more nimble and agile. You know, I, I love that. I may have to steal that, Gary. Uh, the supply chains need a new yoga class. Uh, you know, I may have to write a blog post, or maybe I, I maybe you can write a blog post with that title because I think supply chain yoga. Supply chain yoga. <laughs> I, I love it. But, but I think you brought up a great point. You know, I think uh, you, you mentioned earlier. You know, companies that continue to say, "Hey, you know, what, you know, why, why, uh, why fix what's not broken?" I've been doing this for years, right? And one of the things that I've been talking about um, for the past two, three years now, I talk about. That. You know, past performance is no guarantee of future results, right? That, that yep. statement you see in the financial reports and, and then that the, the uh, Marshall Goldsmith book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There, uh, <laughs> is another one I point to because I think yep. that relates to companies as well, right? All the, all the processes and technologies and, and, and people and talent that got you to this level of success is not necessarily what's going to get you to the next level of success moving forward in light of everything that we've talked about today. So you really have to think about how do you modernize? How do you transform? You know, starting with your technology, right? And then obviously the people side of things and the process and the processes and how you communicate and collaborate together to really address you know these challenges uh, you know that every industry is facing you know moving forward. Uh, Gary, we're, we're running short on time here, so I'm just going to go right to my my last question here. I mean, as, as a way to wrap up, I mean, if if I need to write a business case for you know digitizing my supply chain to you know present to my CFO or CEO. I mean, what's the, what are some of the key benefits or, or things that I should emphasize? First of all, I'd be glad that the C-level executives are concerned about our supply chains, right? Because um, they need to be. Um, that's what runs the operation and, and all of the elements. But as, as the level of competition among business just gets, you know, increases, we've got this fever pitch going on, uh, new companies emerging, old companies uh, shuttering their, their doors. Um, digital technologies have become the difference maker 
right? We might look at, you know, in a few years, we might analyze why we, we have some of these Toys R Us and Sears and Roebuck, um, you know, going away for, for the rest of eternity. Um, was it because they didn't, did, they didn't move ahead and change the way they were doing their business, right? Could digitization have saved them? But digital uh, global supply chains, you know, don't just improve those internal operations, but they, they create that competitive edge that when they're designed, when they're deployed effectively, as companies start or continue to, to look to the future, they need to make the decisions that are going to move them into the future. It's not, you know, well, this will get me through the next couple of years. What's going to get you through the next five or 10 years? What's going to really solidify my technology foothold so that I can build on it? And that's got to be a platform that, again, you can grow with. Deploying a digital model of the supply chain provides the opportunity to drive value through the entire business. It's been proven. And, and in its realized state, when, it, when you have a digital supply chain, you create greater efficiencies. You minimize risk and you improve agility. The number one feature of a digital supply chain, agility. You know, it provides that complete visibility and you've got to have visibility kind of up here. So we've got to fill efficiency, risk, agility, but I need visibility over everything and, and, and the ability to, to control what's happening, right? And that's where, you know, when we talk about control tower, it's not just that I have a view, it's that I can actually put my hand on something and make it move. I can move the chess piece and get out of the way. Um, and that then uh, provides the, the aspect, all of the aspects that you need to improve your cross-border business, right? More importantly, the ability to manage those processes because we have to realize there's people behind all of this technology. Process change affects people. So this doesn't become, you know, let's say a read-only solution. It provides collaboration with all of those parties and people. It makes their job easier by automating some of the tasks, right? They can't do it all. But at the same time, we want to look ahead. So we want to provide some level of analytics. What did I do? What was the result? Can I improve or do I need to repeat that process because it worked well for me? So in, in, in turn, this enables all of that. Uh, process improvement. Um, the only way to manage the supply chain is to continuously improve and make better decisions for the future. Creating a digital supply chain that functions as a control tower. Every step along the way, you have visibility, but you can manage what's happening. And that's the next frontier for global companies that want to succeed. So um, to sum it up, I guess I would say that you know, the measure of value that comes from a digital supply chain is that companies have visibility into, into all of the aspects, down to the conception, the production, the quality manufacturing processes. They can measure the ability to collaborate on all of these different areas of the product life cycle, um, improve your order system and, and receive perfect orders from international suppliers that, that lead to on-time delivery. And we've seen reductions in costs, trade compliance costs, material management costs, all related to true collaboration. And that leads to year-over-year -year savings for an organization. We got into the discussion uh, probably last year internally that said, does a digitized global supply chain actually generate revenue? 
And we couldn't say that it generated revenue, but it certainly did provide a company a competitive edge, which allowed them to win new markets and new business. Um, but also, it's a huge cost savings. And we looked at all of those savings, which then increases the, the profit margin. That's what we need. So the, the benefits are there. They're substantial to organizations that, just, just, that deploy this type of technology, gives them that competitive edge. And, and those, those that don't really could end up you know, going the way of other iconic retailers and, and companies that we've seen that have not made it. So these are the things that matter to C-level executives. And so that would be my pitch to your CEO or CFO looking at a digital supply chain platform. Yeah, and you're, you're right. Your, your first comment there was, you know, you'd be happy if a CEO or CFO was actually paying attention to this or came up to you. And, and the, the reality is that they are. They are beginning to pay attention yeah. to this because it is, uh, I think finally, after all these years, uh, it is making it up to the C-suite in terms of really understanding you know, the impact that supply chain and even more specifically further down logistics and global trade management, which have historically been viewed as, you know, these, these back end things, something that just happens. Right. And now they realize it just happens. Yeah. It just happens. Right. And now they're realizing how, um, you know, they are um, having an impact and, and, and how they fit into the, you know, the bigger picture of everything we, we talked about here today. Well, Gary, sure. uh, you know, we covered a lot of ground today. You know, we talked about intent visibility. We talked about, you know, financial visibility and understanding costs and, and all the other financial metrics around that. We talked about agility and the importance of that. Uh, you know, we could probably spend the whole day talking more in depth about all these uh, things and more, but I, I think we covered a lot of ground today and provided some great uh, food for thought for, for our audience. So thank you very much for making the time to be with us today. It's a great conversation. I look forward to more in the future. Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the Amber Road website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Gary, you can post it there. And I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.